Well, t- today we're going to be looking at Psalm 100, and this is this is by request. This is uh, this is for you, Leola. And uh, some of you who uh, had been in the uh, the second service back several months ago has, have have heard some of this before. So if you were there, some of this might sound familiar to you. Now imagine. Imagine that you fall off the side of an ocean liner, and not knowing how to swim, you you begin to drown, and someone on the deck spots you flailing in the water and throws you a life preserver. It lands directly in front of you, and uh, just before losing consciousness, you you grab it for for dear life, and they, they pull you on the deck, and you cough the water out of your lungs, and people are gathering around rejoicing that you're safe and waiting expectingly while you uh, regain your senses. And after you finally regain your breath, you open your mouth and say, did you see the way I grabbed onto that life preserver? How how tightly I held onto it? Did you notice the uh, definition in my biceps and the dexterity of my wrists? You know, I was all over that thing. Well, needless to say, say, that'd be a uh, kind of an insane response, you know, to to draw attention to yourself and the way you cooperated with the uh, the rescue efforts, you know, that, that denigrates the whole point of. You see the way I took that off. <laughs> that denigrates the whole point of what happened, you know, which is that you were saved. You know, uh, a, a much more likely chain of events would be that uh, you would immediately seek out the person who threw you that life preserver and, and you thank them. You'd thank them sincerely, not superficially. You know, you'd, you'd embrace them. You'd ask their names, uh, invite them for dinner maybe, you know, give them your cabin. And so, you know, gratitude, thanksgiving, gratitude is is the proper response to salvation. And, and it doesn't require coercion. It doesn't require even require encouragement. You know, to the extent that we understand the What's happened? You know, gratitude should fo- should flow from us organically and abundantly from from our hearts. And uh, you know, the precise form will will be different each time, uh, but that's yeah, that's the nature of fruit. The thing is, it's not about us. It's not about what we have done, but it's about God and what He has done. You know, as we consider our salvation through Jesus Christ, you know, how can we not give praise and thanksgiving to our Lord? We've talked about how the, the book of Psalms is, it's a book of praise. You know, the, uh, the title in the uh, Hebrew text, Tehillim, means praises in the Hebrew. That's the title of this book, Praises. And today we're going to look at Psalm 100, which is a psalm of, of praise and thanksgiving. You know, it urges us to offer praise and, and gratitude to, uh, to God for who he is, for what he's done for us. And the, uh, the, the title of this psalm in the uh, superscript above says, A Psalm for Thanksgiving. Uh, literally in, in the Hebrew it means a psalm for the sacrifice of thanksgiving. You know, a psalm for uh, the, the offering of, of thanks. I imagine a lot of us are very familiar with Psalm 100. It's, it's 
definitely in the the top ten, I think, of, of people's favorite psalms. It's a it's a good one to memorize. It's short. It's simple. And it's pure. It's it's just here's God. Here's who He is. Here's what He's done for us. Let's let's give Him praise. Let's give Him thanksgiving. You know, Paul talks in Second Corinthians chapter eleven, I think verse three about his concern that we w- that our thoughts would be led astray from the uh, simplicity and the purity of our devotion to uh, our Lord Jesus. You know, and this is a psalm that, that brings us back to that simplicity and purity of our devotion to, to God. When uh, we talked about prayer, we did, remember we did a series uh, shortly after I got here on the Lord's Prayer. I think we did about four sermons on that and you know, we talked about how our, our prayers need to be worship-based. You know, we should start off with worship, praise. Our Father in, in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be your name. You know, and so often we, we tend in our prayers to, to rush into our, our list of, of prayer concerns, our list of things that God wants us or that, that we want God to do for us before giving God what we need to give him, which is, which is our praise. You know, we need to focus more on God, align ourselves with, with his agenda. Uh, I like what Daniel Henderson says, that we should seek God's face before we seek his hand. Anyway, Psalm 100. This is, this is from the prayer book of God's people. And what I'd like to do, I've got, I've got it on here. Hopefully you can read this okay, but I'd like for everybody to stand and read this with me. Let's read this together. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Good thanks, didn't bless his name. <laughs> for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. You can sit down. Uh, Lord, it is with, uh, with hearts of uh, gratitude that uh, we, uh, we open up your word this morning. I, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, open our Open our eyes that, that we would see the, just the, the beauty of, of your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, we, we talked about uh, this, this prayer model, ACTS, A-C-T-S. Remember what that's, it's, a, it's an acronym. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. You know, we... Uh, we need to address all these things in our, our prayers. You know, in adoration, we acknowledge who God is. We give him praise. In confession, we, we acknowledge our sins before him, and, and we ask for forgiveness. Um, unresolved sin in our lives will, will keep us from, a, from having a proper relationship with him. It'll, it'll affect our walk. Uh, confession, repentance, forgiveness, you know, they, these things help to uh, realign us and, and restore us before God. 
And in thanksgiving, we acknowledge his work. We, we give him the, the appreciation that, that he deserves for what he's done. And then in supplication, you know, we finally bring our earnest requests to him. The uh, point of this psalm is just very simple, very simple. Come to God in praise and gratitude. I think we could just sum it up with that one command. Come to God in praise and gratitude. And I'd like to organize this sermon uh, with, with four questions. I remember in uh, third grade, our teacher had us write these uh, newspaper articles for the, the fake newspaper that our class did. And she said, you know, you, these are the questions you need to ask. And these are the questions you need to answer. So we're going to look at, you know, what, how, where, and why. So first of all, what? What are, we, what are we to do? Shout to the Lord. Verse 1 in the ESV says, uh, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you earth. Now, what, is, what does this mean, joyful noise? You know, I think uh, that, that word noise for us kind of carries a, a negative connotation. In fact, if you look it up in, in the dictionary, Webster says that noise is a sound that lacks agreeable musical quality or is noticeably unpleasant. Any sound that is undesired or interferes with one's hearing of something. And uh, sometimes I've, I've heard people in churches joke about this. You know, if, if, the, if the voices are out of tune or the music is, is bad, well, at least we're making a joyful noise to the Lord. But I, w- I would like to uh, recognize that as maybe not a good translation. That's a weak translation. What David is saying here is rejoice, cheer, you know, shout in triumph to God. You know, raise, raise a joyful shout to God. And the exhortation is that the whole earth should do this. You know, not, not just all the people on the earth, although all the people on the earth should be shouting in joy, with joy to the Lord. But the Hebrew word tehillim, or excuse me, eretz, eretz means earth, the, the whole land. You know, the whole of creation, so to speak, should praise God. If we look at Isaiah fifty-five twelve, we we get a vision of this. Isaiah 55, 12 says, You shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth in singing, and all the trees of the field shall shall clap their hands. We just get this picture of creation itself, praising God, acknowledging the glory of, of God. Psalm 19, 1 says that, The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. This is a picture of the whole of creation giving praise to God. So, you know, maybe maybe we're a little reserved in, in our praise when we, when we read this. That, that word Eretz, the earth, it, it also carries the meaning of, of all the nations in the earth. This is yet another one of our, our missional psalms. You know, this is looking forward to uh, the, the Gentiles being brought in. 
It's calling for the whole earth to enter in. You know, it's, it's an invitation not only to creation, not only to the people of Israel, but to everyone, everyone on earth. Now, the second thing we're to do, as we read in verse 2, is to serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. What, what is it to, to serve the Lord? You know, the same word is, is used in the Old Testament uh, to dis- describe the, uh, the tilling of the ground. It's, it's used of the Israelites as they labored as slaves in, in Egypt. The priests of God served in the tabern- tabernacle. You know, doing various tasks such as offering sacrifices. I imagine that was a lot of work. You know, hefting hefting the carcasses of of animals around is a lot of work. In the uh, in the Septuagint, which is the uh, the Greek translation of the Bi- of the Old Testament, uh, the word doulos is is used, uh, and that that has to do with with being a servant or or a slave. Remember Paul in his epistles frequently uses this word to describe himself. Paul, a, a slave, a bondservant, a doulos of, of God. You know, it's, it's variously translated servant, bondservant, slave. Romans 1, he says that. Paul, a servant of, of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. So serving the Lord, as we see here, is work. You know, it's, uh, it's toil. Uh, serving the Lord is, is done to honor him. It's to honor him as, as Lord and master. And as we serve God, we make ourselves useful to him. You know, it's done willingly to bring him honor. The, the Hebrew word, abad, combines service with worship. So our our service to God is an act of worship. Our worship is our service. Third, the thing we are to do is to sing. Have you noticed in the Psalms that uh, worship and praise is frequently tied to singing? Uh, This this singing he's talking about isn't, isn't just normal singing. You know the kind I would do maybe in my car or in the in the shower or something, but it's you know it's, it's a jubilant singing. It's jubilation. It's exaltation. It's rejoicing. The Hebrews sang when they got together. They sang as they journeyed to Jerusalem for uh, for festivals, as they were heading to Jerusalem, heading to the temple. You know, singing was was integral to their worship. Just as it is in, in Ephesians 5.19 where, where Paul exhorts the, uh, the believers to be filled with the Spirit, addressing each other with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Singing to the Lord from the heart. You know, come into God's presence with, with singing and, and exaltation. You know, and I, I love it when we sing songs unto God. You know, some of our songs are about God, and that's fine, because a lot of the psalms are about God. Some of the songs are about me and God, which is fine. Some of the psalms are about me and God. But you know, there's something just really special, something very uplifting, I think, 
when we sing a song that's sung unto him. You know, think of think of some of the choruses. You know, Lord, you're you're beautiful. Your your face is all I seek. Uh, you know, I I will serve thee because I love thee. Uh, you, you've given life to me. So we're to shout to the Lord. We're we're to serve the Lord and sing to the Lord. Next, I'd like to look at the question: How 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 are we to do these things? In what manner? First, how should we shout to the Lord? How should we praise Him? Joyfully, joyfully. You know the picture. The picture painted here is not one of gloom and, and somberness. It's joy. It's gladness. Remember when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem shortly before his uh, crucifixion, Luke 19, 37 through 40 describes such a situation where as he was drawing near, already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He said, I tell you what, if if they were silent, the, the very stones would cry out. You know, the Pharisees didn't like to see this. They couldn't stand it. People were singing praises they were being joyful. You know, this is, this is the kind of joyful noise that uh, the psalmist is talking about here. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of church people might side with the, with the Pharisees. You know, Jesus, you need to have them uh, tone it down a little bit. But Jesus says, you know, there will be praise. If, if, if these guys don't praise me, the stones will, will cry out and, and praise you know, if they don't choose to enter in, nature will. They'll sing. The rocks will cry out. Psalm 92, 1 through 2 says, It's good, it's good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. It's a good thing. It's fitting. This is what we're made for. We're designed to praise God. Second on how, look at verse 3. It says, know that he is God. It is he who made us and we are his people and and we're the sheep of his pasture. Our our praise is, is based on knowledge, not just emotions. It's based on knowing who God is. It's, it's based on knowing who we are in him. What is our identity in Christ? No. He alone is worthy of our praise and thanksgiving. You know, we need to reflect on him. We need to reflect on his attributes. He's God. And we're not. Uh, he's, our, he's our creator. He made us. You know, how... How can we not be awestruck by this? Seriously. Uh, you know, we're, we, we so easily take for granted who God is, what he's done for us. You know, just even, even just the miracle of life, you know, just the fact that we exist is, is amazing. 
You know, he's, he's the one who gave us this, this gift of life. Every morning when you wake up, it's a new day God has given you. He's the, he's the one who's given us new life in, in Jesus Christ. You know, we're, we're his people. We need to remind ourselves of that. We are his people. He's given us life. We belong to him. He's our creator. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's our shepherd. He's our king. We're the sheep of his pasture. He cares for us. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he, he lays down his life for his sheep. You know, there's, there's another dimension that's, uh, that's contained in this psalm. You know, in the, uh, in the Old Testament, this, this word for shepherd also has a connotation of, of a king. The kings in the, uh, in the Old Testament are, are referred to as, as shepherds. They're referred to as shepherds because they're expected to uh, take care of God's people. They're expected to do the things that, that shepherds do. Uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, read, read through those. You'll, you'll see what I mean. You know, uh, they, they refer to uh, kings who kind of fell down on the job. You know, they, they were not good shepherds. They had not gathered up the sheep that had strayed. They... You know, and, and their prophecies look forward to the good shepherd, you know, the one who will be a just and righteous king for his people. Looking forward to the, the Messiah, the Christ who would come and, and reign. You know, our praise and thanksgiving uh, it do involve our emotions, though. You know, we joy is an emotion. But our praise and thanksgiving... They're not based on emotions. Otherwise, you know, we'll only praise God when we feel good. And most of us don't feel good all the time. Maybe some of us do. I don't know. You know, we, we don't praise God because we feel good. We praise him because of who he is. We need to place, praise him and place him above all else in our lives. We need to uh, place him above everybody else. You know, no matter the circumstances, God deserves our praise. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, a lot of people pointed this out. You know, we, we, we feel just fine shouting for our sports team or, you know, going to a concert and shouting for our uh, favorite uh, singer, musician, or whatever. But not for God. Not, not the one who's, who's given us so much. You know, the one who's given us all. Well, another, another how is... Of course, with thanksgiving and praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. We're, are, you know, are we truly grateful for what he's done for us, you know, for all he's given us? Or do we lack maturity? Do we, do we have a sense of entitlement? You know, God owes me this. You know, do, do we feel like we're doing God a favor by being here? Doing God a favor by singing to him? Although he enjoys our praise, he deserves it. It says, give thanks to him. Bless his name. Psalm 96.2 says, sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous work among the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. 
He is to be feared above all gods. Bless the Lord. You, you, you might ask, well, what, what does that mean to bless the Lord? You know, after all, when, when we are blessed, somehow we are, we are strengthened. We are, we are added to. Somehow we're made better when, when he blesses us. But I don't think that we make him better. Our blessing him is a response to his blessing. We're acknowledging him as the, the God who blesses us. The God who's good to us. The God to whom we are thankful. In um, Deuteronomy 8.10, it says, you shall eat the fruit, and, or you shall eat and be full. You shall bless the Lord for the good land he's, he's given to you. So you know, our blessing him is, is virtually identical to being thankful for being grateful, recognizing him as the, as the giver of, of all blessings. So we praise God joyfully based on our knowledge of him, grateful, thankful people. Now we come to the where question. Where? Well, first we, we enter his gates. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. Isaiah's prophecy talks about the city of Jerusalem, the city of God where the, where the temple is, where God meets his people, the place where God's people go to meet with him. Isaiah 60, 11 says something beautiful here. Your gates will be open continually. They will not be closed day or night. His gates are always open. We're always welcome to come and worship our our king. You know, the gates where people enter in. This, This is a picture of God and his gates, which are open to all the people, all the nations. Now, if you were to enter the gates of the White House, uh, you just walk right in, right? There's a picture, and the, there's a slide right there. There's the White House. Walk in. Go in, see the president anytime, right? Just just drop in on him, uh, Right? Good luck with that. <laughs> you know, this, this is probably as close as you'll get, you know, holding your, your camera up above the fence like that. And then your camera will probably be confiscated. I remember when I was at uh, Peterson Air Force Base, when I was in, in the Air Force, uh, the president visited, and um, some one of my friends got his camera con- confiscated because he took a picture of the president. But God's gates are not like that. They're always open. Day and night, 24 hours a day, <laughs> seven days a week, you, God, is, God is open. He's welcoming. Second, enter his courts with praise. You see the progression? Entering into the city, going to the temple. You know, the gates allow entrance to the city. Courts refer to the temple. There are different levels from the outer court, which was the, uh, the Gentile court, to the women's court, to the inner court, to the holy of holies. Remember, this psalm is, is to all the earth. You know, it, it foreshadows the salvation of, of the Gentiles. And since we're under the, the new covenant, you know, Jesus has, has provided access, direct access to, to the Father. We can go to his throne with boldness and, and confidence anytime we want. We can approach him 
And we need to do this with a grateful heart. You know, as, as grateful people, our, our highest duty is to glorify God. When we delight in him, we glorify him. I, I love what John Piper says, that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Think about that. God is most glorified us when we are most satisfied in him. Yeah, I enjoy my kids and, and my grandkids most when they enjoy me. Uh, yeah, I, I love it when my, when my grandkids, you know, come hop up onto my lap and, and want to talk to me, uh, hang out with me. You know, it's not because they, uh, they stoke my ego. Uh, you know, it's just because I, I enjoy their enjoyment. I delight in their delight, and it's the same with God. You know, if they're, if they're surly and grumpy around me, I still love them, but it's not enjoyable. You know, it's not, it's not pleasant. You know, maybe sometimes when we enter the gates, we're, you know, we don't feel it. You know, we need to, we need to just be quiet, be silent before the Lord, spend time in his, in his presence. When he seems distant, we need to praise him. We need to thank him. You know, he's good. Acknowledge his, his goodness, his faithfulness. You know, even, even if sometimes he, he feels like he's a million miles away, he's there. We can approach him. And as we do that, we get closer. Enter the courts. Offer praise and thanksgiving. Offer praise and thanksgiving. You know, it's, it's an attitude. And sometimes our, our attitude just needs some adjustment, I think. So do we approach with a spirit of gratitude and adoration or do we approach with a sense of maybe entitlement or, or even obligation? You know, the, the, the New Testament gives us a metaphor uh, when it talks about the church, it uses the metaphor of, of a temple. You know, the temple no longer is a building. The temple is us. It's, it's those who are the redeemed of, of the Lord, those who've been saved by the blood of, of Jesus Christ. You know, the temple's no longer a building. It's, it's the people of God. And Peter speaks of the church in these terms. He says, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, we can, we can come to God individually, absolutely, absolutely. But we also come to him together. We, we, we meet together. As we do this, we're entering into his gates, going through his gates, entering into his courts, worshiping him. Just like the psalmist is saying, so, you know, what's our attitude when we come together? Is it, is it an attitude of praise and thanksgiving or is it something else? You know, is it, is it compulsion, obligation? You know, do we come with uh, resentment? Maybe it doesn't, maybe we don't like the music. Maybe we don't like the preaching. Maybe we don't like this or that. You know, maybe <laughs> there, there's a million things we could, we could probably grumble about, but... 
You know, we, we need to come in to seek him, to praise him, to worship him together. Well, next, next is the, uh, the why question. You know, why do we offer praise and thanksgiving? Why do we sing? Why do we give this joyful shout to the Lord? Verse 5, here it is. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I got to repeat that. The Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So this conjunction four ties this back to what he's been talking about all the way up to this point. Four, you know, we enter the gates with thanksgiving. We enter the courts of praise. Here's the reason why. These are the reasons why we should do this. First, the Lord is good. What does that mean? It means he's upright. He's morally pure. He's, he's kind. He's pleasant. He's good as to character. He's good as to value. All of these things. Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. His goodness draws us to him. And he embraces us and protects us when we go to him. Second, the psalmist goes on to say his steadfast love endures forever. Another why. These statements are tied together. God's goodness is demonstrated by his steadfast love for us. You know, this is, uh, this is repeated many times in the Old Testament, these, these two words. Psalm 106 begins with these same, same words. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. He's good and his love is steadfast. Chronicles 16.34 says the same thing. And uh, the word used here is one we've run into many times, hesed, hesed. It's, uh, it's that loyal love that God has towards his covenant people. You know, it's his covenantal blessing. It's that, that love that does not give up. It's that love of, of promise and commitment. You know, it's, it points to our, our God who's, who's reliable, who's, whose love just doesn't run out. Chronicles 16, 15 through 17. Remember his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as, a, as an everlasting covenant. This is, this is uh, the third thing. Generational blessing. This is important. You know, this gives us a lens on, on God's character. You know, it's, it's his desire to, to bless his people generation after generation after generation. His, his steadfast love, his hesed, endures forever. You know, it's um, a thousand generations. You know, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to imagine a thousand generations. I don't think I know anything about my family four generations back. But think of a thousand generations. You know, this is, this is the magnitude of God's love and commitment to his people. You know, it's God's loyal love. It's, it's this love that endures forever, generation after generation of, of the people who love him and follow his commandments and obey him. 
as we close, um, again, this is this is simple. It's simple and it's it's pure. It gives us a reason to examine our hearts. It gives us a reason to meditate on God and and who he is. You know, let's ask ourselves, are are we a grateful people? Are we we a joyful people? I hope so. You know, it's it's a privilege. It's a great privilege to be called the the people of God, the children of God. You know, it's, it's an honor to be part of his church. It's amazing that we can come to God anytime we want. We don't have to make a pilgrimage that takes days to go meet with him. It's amazing. Let's enter in. Let's seek him with, uh, with humility and thanksgiving and joy. Let's be a people of sincere gratitude and praise. He's our God. He's, the, he's our shepherd. He's our, he's our king. You know, let's be the people who revel in this, who revel in the blessings of God, who's faithful to all generations. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we, we praise you. Lord, we are, we are grateful. Lord, we, we are just amazed at who you are. You're our, our creator, our, our king, our redeemer, our shepherd. Uh, thank you, Lord, for, for your loyal love. Thank you for your great grace. Your, your boundless mercy on us who are people so undeserving, Lord. Soften our hard hearts and open our mouths to, to praise you, Lord. Let us seek you, entering your gates with thanksgiving, your courts with praise. Um, let us, Lord, approach you with sincerity of heart, Lord. I, I just pray that you would purge our hearts of any pride or a rebellion or any anything that would keep us from a close walk with you, Lord. Lord, we long to see your kingdom come and and your will be done among us. And we pray this in in the name of Jesus, the, the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.